podcast chris steph curry hit a game winning three last night how did that make you feel doesn't count preseason i want to see it in the playoffs according to nba twitter is that what they said yeah they said they've never seen it steph do it in the the playoffs so it doesn't count (laughs) how will this affect steph's legacy yeah i guess it's kind of tarnishing his legacy because he did it in the preseason but he can't do it when it yeah. matters so he's probably better yeah, he off just have the to, stones for it yeah just to not do it at all but no in all seriousness crazy step back three it was a fun preseason game i was pretty locked in yeah that was fun it made me feel like basketball is actually back in the nba season starts on tuesday we're recording this thursday october 19th so this next Tuesday is the first game of the Warrior season and the NBA season in general. I'm super stoked. Um, so on this podcast, we wanted to go through a few things. We're going to start with an article that you and I just put out last week talking about uh, the NBA season preview, just kind of league-wide, and then we focused on some Warrior stuff. Uh, we wrote our sections separately without talking to each other. Uh, to try to get like a, a real blind comparison and that made it really interesting to put together and read um, so definitely go check that out if you haven't already uh, and we're just going to go through like what were our major disagreements what were some surprises that we maybe thought we agreed on but we can talk about that and uh, we also went through and uh, guest awards for like MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, stuff like that um, so we'll talk about those two. So yeah. where do you want to start with this? Cause it was a pretty long article and it was fun. Um, you want to go through our over under wins for like the West and East and just like the big disagreements and, and yeah, for sure. There. We can, we can start out in the West like we did in the article. Um, we agreed on eight teams right. there, so that's pretty solid, but, um, well, technically nine, because oh, yeah. we agreed on the Warriors, too. True, true. So uh, only so six teams that we, we didn't disagree on. Uh, what were, like, ones that you're kind of most passionate about that we agreed on? That I'm, Oh, that we agreed on? Yeah. I think we agreed on the Timberwolves over, and Definitely. I thought that was... Timberwolves, Kings, and Thunder were three, like, teams that are emerging, it feels like, and we both like them. We both think they're going to win more than 44 games. Which is a lot, actually. 45 games, uh, 45 wins is a lot, especially for teams that are like kind of in the middle of the pack. But I had some unders for uh, teams above them, which I, you know, I think they have a potential to to outperform them in the regular season, at least, even if those other teams are like more of real NBA championship contenders. Yeah, I definitely agree. On the Timberwolves are one of my like hard overs this year i think they're going to be a really good regular season team um same with okc same with sacramento so we're, we're in agreement there i think where we disagree probably the most strongly is the lakers i have them as a pretty hard over and i, I see you had them as a under what's kind of your thought process on that so they're, they're at 47.5 that's the line yeah 48 wins i mean they could this was i'm not super passionate about this one because 48 is very doable for this team i think they're well constructed team Palinka did a nice job in the offseason um 
and like going into the season, Anthony Davis and LeBron are both healthy. To me, I think LeBron is old. He will rest. Anthony Davis is injury prone. He probably will get injured. And um, I don't think they care that much about the regular season. You know, last year they barely made it to the playoffs and yet still made a run to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, Similar to where the Warriors are, honestly, but I think the Warriors are more motivated for the regular season this year. Uh, But that's to be determined. And ironically, they have the same over-under wins, so they're kind of being priced in the same uh, region. But for me, like, I just think the Lakers are... They're going to start strong, I would guess, and then they're going to hit cruise control, um, plus potential injuries. I think they'll probably... Like, like I think they'll win, like, 46 games. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough over... Or it's a tough line to guess. I just... They started 2-10 last year and then ended up with, I think, 43 wins. Um, so mm-hmm. if they just even go 500 in that, they hit the over. I think, like yeah. you said, it's a similar situation to the Warriors where they kind of had a nightmare year, at least to start the year last year. Same with the Warriors. And I think um, I think they're just going to be, both be better than they were, obviously, last year. So um, Yeah, both those teams were like, they were kind of like playing catch-up the entire season because of, they sort of stumbled out of the gates. So 100%. it's a tough one. I mean, this this one I was back and forth, but ultimately I went under because of age and health concerns. Um, fair another fair one, with the Warriors, which, too. Yeah, I, I mean, if someone could argue with the under for the Warriors, and I wouldn't be that mad at it because, again, they might start strong and then cruise uh, yeah. once they realize that they've got some things together. Yeah. Um, so... Another one that we disagreed on in the West, just one more before we move to the East, the Dallas Mavericks. I had the under, and you had the over. What was your thought process there? Another team that kind of had a nightmare season last year with just the Kyrie drama, midseason trade, some Luka health problems, terrible supporting cast. I don't know. I just like like what they did in the offseason. They drafted... uh, big uh, rookie big who looks pretty promising in um lively or lively yeah and then they got grant williams who's a good player seth curry um they tim hardaway will be healthy i think just like a healthy luke luca season is at least 500 i mean 42 and 42 is 500 and their line is 43 and a half so do you think a a luca led team is gonna be less than 500 i don't think so so I just I think they have a better I mean, team than last year. Yeah, they might. I'm just there's so much uncertainty with them, in my opinion. I mean, Kyrie is the obvious point of uncertainty and risk. Who knows if he's on this team to start next year? I mean, like he could do anything. And then on the other hand, Luca, uh, which we'll get into in our last segment with the best players in the league, Luca is. You know, he's made one run to the Western Conference Finals. But it doesn't seem like his teammates love playing with him in general. And I don't know if he's, like, proven that he actually can lead a team and pull them together just yet. Um, Maybe this is the year where he proves that he can do that. But uh, I don't know. I'm a little unsure about the Mavs. And I think 
I don't know. I think this is either make or break year for Jason Kidd as the coach of this team. Uh, and it's also super important for the future of the Mavs if Luka's going to stick around long term. So I'm, I'm kind of betting against them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it would be dangerous for the Mavericks if they have another bad season and miss the playoffs with Kyrie and Luka. Um, so I think you're you're spot on about this kind of a make or break year. I just I just think, I mean, forty three and a half seems like a really low line for them. Um, yeah, but so like there were literally five teams that or six teams that were either forty three and a half or forty four and a half. Yeah, no, there it's were, crazy. Uh, and, and so you chose the over on like almost all of them though. One that the other one we didn't agree on was the Grizzlies. Yeah, and I like it's tough because Jaw's going to be out for so long, but I'm leaning over because they've won 50 games the past two years, and I just think you know they're maturing, they're getting older. Um, I I just think 45.5 is a pretty low line for them personally, but yeah, um, it's just I, t- I mean Jaw's missing a third of the season, and yeah, they have to integrate some new players with Marcus Smart. Um, they're I forget. Who's their backup center? He's still out with a torn Achilles. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. But, yeah, I, I'm not super passionate about that one either. That was a hard line to guess. But yeah. where we disagreed on a lot was the Eastern Conference. Yeah, um, this was fun. <laughs> I think we only agreed on, on three out of the 15. Yeah. Um, so it, it's tough. I mean, that's what was fun about this exercise is actually putting a prediction down on every single team. It, it Vegas is smart with the lines. They're not going to put on put out easy lines for to guess over or under. Uh, it's really yeah. calculated, so it makes these decisions hard. Um, is there any that we disagreed on that you're pretty passionate about? Well, I'll just say one that I put as an under that I kind of have regrets on is the New York Knicks. Mm. I yeah. I think I might I might want to lean over i mean i can't change it now in the article but i just think yeah they're gonna win they're gonna win 46 games in the regular season definitely um i think so so that one i might have regrets on the rest i feel pretty good about actually yeah the ones that i might have some regrets on um are the hawks 42 and a half that's a, a really low line i'm just i'm not a fan of their roster but i think they have a good enough roster to at least be 500 especially in the east um, yeah that one i'm not super um confident of like let me see calves under as well at 50 and a half i think they could go over mm. but i i think yeah. i'm gonna disagree with pacers? you on a lot uh pacers i mean 39 wins is high um yeah i could see that either way they're still a really young team but I mean, another year with experience, and they ended Bruce Brown. I could see it, oh, I'll, but I'll call out one. Actually, I'll call out two. That I'll call out three. Even that I, you chose the over for. <laughs> okay. And I have no clue what you're thinking, to be honest, okay. with the over on these. So, first is the the lowest uh, team in the East, the Washington Wizards. Why do you think they're going to win 25 games or more? 25 is so low for uh, I think the worst team in the league last year was the was it the Spurs and they won like 22 games and they were not even yes. trying to win. I mean the Wizards have 
NBA players on their team. They have Tyus Jones, Poole, Kuzma. Um, I don't know. And that's I think where the list just, ends. I think they're. I think <laughs> no, I know, but I think they're better than the Detroit Pistons. Really? And, I don't know. Yeah, I, I see that be. we disagreed on the Pistons and the Wizards. I, I think they have a lot of scoring power, okay. and um, I think they could steal some wins. But I, I mean, I agree. I think they're properly ranked as as the worst team in the East. But yeah, I just think twenty. Okay, then you also said you also said over on the Hornets to win thirty two games. Easy. What's I think that's on that's one of my most confident picks um, of the year. Really? I might even put some money on it. Yeah, because <laughs> they won. I think I want to say. Bridges coming back. I'll, I'll break it down for you. I just want to look up um, what their record was last right. year. I think it was they won twenty eight games. Um, what does it say? Help me out if you know it. Well, I'll just uh, while you're looking while you're looking at that, I'll just say why. I don't think they're going to win 32 games. Yeah. Um, because I think their roster is pretty bad, and they also lost their best player in Kai Jones. Okay. Yeah. There we go. The, <laughs> the goat, Kai Jones. So I just looked it up. They won 27 yes. games last year. Uh, Miles Bridges, yeah. who obviously controversial, but the last season he played, he had a really breakout season, like borderline All Star season. Um, Lamella was hurt a ton of games last year. Gordon Hayward's healthy now. They, um, who else? They, the Co- uh, the Cody Martin's brother. I forget his name was out all last season. Um, and I just I think that's such a low line, thirty one and a half. Like the Orlando Magic were pretty bad last year. The Wizards were horrible last year. They won thirty five games. Um, I just I think it's possible. I really do. I don't know, man. To me, this that one was a really easy under for me. But I guess we'll find out. Maybe they'll be yeah. fun to watch, and I'll maybe be we'll put, maybe we'll put a bet between ourselves on that one. Oh, <laughs> that is yeah, that's degenerate shit. Betting on the Hornets. Hornets. Come on. Okay. What's um, the third one you were thinking? <laughs> is it the Chicago Bulls? The third is the Bulls. Yes. Yeah, I think. Why do you think they're gonna win thirty-eight games or more? Okay, so last year they won 40, um, and I think that they just have a better roster this year. They si- We went over it um, in kind of our underrated signings last last podcast, but they got Javon Carter, who I think is a huge upgrade over Patrick Beverly, who was their starting point guard for to end the season last year. Um, so that's one. Uh, hopefully Patrick Williams can make a little jump, but even if not, they, have, they signed Torrey Craig, who can help them out. Um, and we saw two years ago when all their players were healthy, they were the one seed in the East through like half the season. So I just think, you know, at 38 wins, they won, they didn't have a great season last year and they won 40. So um, I think they'll be better. And even if they're the same as last year, that's still an over. So um, I don't know. Okay. I, feel, I feel pretty passionate about it. Well, one thing, like one overall trend I noticed is that you chose – only five unders in the east and you chose only six overs in the west so it it sort of feels like you think the east is underpriced and the west is overpriced and that these eastern teams are going to pick off some wins against the western teams i just think that the west and we're going to see it like i could see 44 wins being like the sixth seed or the seventh seed i think it's going to be really competitive i think there's going to be like 
two or three top teams, probably like the Nuggets, Suns, and maybe the Lakers or the Warriors, then four through ten is going to be maybe divided by two games or three games. Whereas in the East, I think hmm. there's like four juggernaut teams and then like eight good teams. So I think... Um, okay. And then really bad teams in the East too. So I think the East teams will be able to just go into Detroit. That's four wins for their schedule. Go into Washington. That's probably three or four wins for their schedule, you know, whereas in the West Mm -hmm. you're going to San Antonio or Houston this year, Utah, you know, those aren't give me's. So I think it's going to be spread. You chose the under unders for those teams. Yeah. I mean, 32 wins for the Rockets is pretty high. Last year they won, I think, I want to say 22 games. So if you think Dylan Brooks is worth 10 games, uh, well, I don't know. So, I don't know I what mean, to I tell you. Fred Van, well, I don't know. Like, if you look at the Rockets versus the Hornets, they have the same over under. To me, the Rockets are and the definitely East, better than the Hornets. And the East is way less competitive than the West. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a. It's an interesting one, but so also the Hornets won. We didn't expect the Hornets won six yeah. more games last year than the Rockets. But I, I get what you mean that they overhauled their roster though, and they have a better coach. Eme is coming in. I think the Rockets are. a little Do you think Fred VanVleet right is much better than Miles Bridges? Yes. Much better. Yes. And I think I don't know. I think not the biggest Fred VanVleet fan. I like Fred Van Vliet. I think Fred Van Vliet and Brooks and, like, uh, Sangoon improving. I think, like, now this is the second year for Jabari Bird. Like, then they have Jabari the Jabari Bird? Jabari Smith? Um, Smith, sorry. Jabari Smith Jr. And um, so then they have the Thompson twin that they just drafted. I think the Rockets are, are definitely a better team than they were last year and are easily a better team than the Hornets. That's just me. But... We'll yeah, see. We'll I mean, see. this is what's so fun is like, yeah, we don't know, and we. God, I'm really putting my reputation on the line on Lamelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to get this. <laughs> I don't have that much faith in it. <laughs> Last one that I wanted to ask about the Sixers. You bet the over, or you didn't. We're not actually betting on these. We're just picking them. But you picked the over for 49 and a half wins. Um, is that just like an Embiid? regular season domination bet like what are you thinking there because i chose the under i mean they're so if 50 games that's over they won 54 last year obviously Embiid had like an mvp season um yeah it's tough i mean that's a hard line to guess because you know maybe they trade harden and some draft picks and get a good player back um it's just it's really hard to say with this harden dilemma but i just think yeah Kind of similar to Jokic, I know they're not the same player. Jokic is better, but if Embiid's healthy and playing a season, I think that's a fifty-win team. All right, fair enough. And I and think I think Maxi's going to make a yeah. They got a new, way better. Co- I mean, how many times better do you think Nick Nurse is than Doc Rivers? Five, I'm a Doc Rivers. Twelve, yeah, twelve <laughs> times better. Uh, and I think Maxi's going to have a, a jump like into borderline stardom this year so i think i think that's a fair line okay yeah i don't i'm not super mad at that one but to me there's just like because of the harden situation I, there, there's no way i can choose the over um, no yeah until that's resolved i was i will always have to pick the under there yeah we, we got the news today that he's out of uh sixers practice with 
personal reasons. I hope he's doing okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I wonder what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure he's all right. all right. All right. Let's hit these regular season awards quickly, um, then we'll turn to some of the preseason like feedback or uh, analysis that we have for the Warriors. Um, all right. MVP. You chose Devin Booker. I chose Jason Tatum. And those are two that, uh, players that are not like the consensus pick for their MVP. They aren't like, you know, the top of the, of betters minds. They're more dark horse candidates. So I think two fun players though, two fun picks. Um, why did you lean Devin Booker? Yeah, I think this is two parts on our thing. Uh, one, maybe voter fatigue. We've kind of seen the same candidates for MVP the past like five years. It's always been Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid in that mix, mm-hmm. one, two, and three for a long time. But this is also a bet on regular season wins. Like I said in the article, I think the MVP is reflective of whose team is the best, and rightfully so. And I think we're both high, or at least I'm really high on the Suns as a regular season team, and I know we're both high on the Celtics as a regular season team. Um, So that's why I leave for Devin Booker. I think the Suns are going to win a ton of games, and I think, I don't even think this is a hot take, I think he's clearly the best player on the Suns at this point, uh, which is weird to say with KD on the team, but I think Booker is better, going to play more games, do more for the team, so... That's my pick. I mean, it's hard to say. It's so early in the season. <laughs> you know, MVP so for me, changes when I, was, when I was thinking about this, and I eventually chose Tatum, um, the new rules for the awards is, are that you have to play a minimum of 65 games. So last year, Embiid won the award, and he did play more than 65 games, but he played only 66. <laughs> so if someone plays like 64 games, 63 games, they're actually not even eligible for MVP. So these awards are now much more like a young uh, and consistent and uh, healthy players award. Yeah. I mean, it always has been, but like a guy like Giannis, if he you know misses some time with an ankle tweak or like load management or whatever, um, he's not even eligible for the award. So um, I don't know, like Steph probably won't be eligible for the MVP, honestly, considering that he gets banged up here and there and he takes games off sometimes. So And he'll be 36 um, this season. Right. So yeah. this is like now a more interesting like approach. It's not just who's the best player and can play a decent number of games. It's like, oh no, who's actually durable and is also leading their team to regular season wins on top of all of that. So, I mean, that makes um, sense with our two choices because those are mm-hmm. two under 30 guys that, I mean, I think are going to both yeah, play more 20. than 65s uh, in games this year. That makes it interesting totally. for our, our deep white picks because I, I picked Giannis and yeah, you kind of just kinda broke jealous. down. <laughs> well, you just broke down why it might not be a great pick with that 65 games requirement. I just... I think that with Drew Holiday gone, the Bucks defense is going to be worse this year, and Giannis is going to have to do more, and I think there'll still be a good defensive team in one of the top seeds, so I think he might get recognition for that. Yeah, that's a completely reasonable pick, and I'm kind of jealous of that pick. Giannis is an amazing player, and he, I mean, I think last year, Brooke Lopez was getting a lot of love for his, you know, good defense. He, Brooke Lopez plays really good defense, but 
the reason Brooke Lopez is free to be a great defender is because Giannis is roaming around like as free safety yeah. uh, and is doing uh, everything, you know, anchoring the defense. Yeah. So he, that's a great pick. I chose Evan Mobley because I think, you know, he was a finalist in the deep boy voting, which means top three last year. The Cavs had the best defensive team in the NBA last year. If they can sort of have a similar season and Mobley can improve even which he should um, on his defense, then he's a contender. Uh, I was going back and forth, though, between Evan Mobley and Bam Adebayo. Yeah, that's a good Bam, pick, too. Bam is, like, all things equal, not considering games played and, like, injury or whatever. Bam probably is the best defender in the NBA right now. Um, and I kind of wish I had chosen him and bet on, like, a healthy and consistent season from him, but I went with Mobley. Those guys were, like, tied for me, and I sort of flipped a coin to figure out who I wanted to choose, but I think all three of those guys, including Giannis, those are those three, I would say, are the top three that I would like to yeah, towards. Yeah, and Draymond's kind of always in this discussion, but like you mentioned, yeah. I don't think he'll play 65 games this year. I mean, he's already banged up. We know during the season his back will hurt or he'll sprain an ankle or something so just want to make he's sure not he's not chasing awards either no they're chasing one award yeah. this year uh as a team um and then quickly just we did a lot of different awards but the last one we'll touch on was rookie of the year we were both in agreement on scoot henderson um i i'm pretty p- confident in this pick just but women yama man every time i check the timeline though he does something shocking i just i I feel like he won't play 65 like i don't want to put that out there because i want to see him play all season but man he's huge and i don't know skinny but if he plays exactly why i chose scoop because if he plays all year though i mean it might be his oh for sure i mean like it's basically going to be one or scoot unless both of them have devastating injuries so yeah. hopefully that doesn't happen. Scoot Not just really has bad, a obviously. NBA ready body, whereas that's what I think. Yeah, Weminyama, you know, looks like a draft. Plus, they are going to put the ball in Scoot's hands and say, "Hey, you're the point guard now. Like, go score points and like get your teammates involved and try to win us some games." Weminyama will be the focus of the offense for the Spurs, but when you're a ball handling guard, more focus is on you, especially in your first season. I feel like guards are always more likely to win um i don't know if that's true if you go back and look at the history but that's <laughs> yeah. what it feels like to me at least in recent memory um like for example uh when michael carter williams won the award and he Joel had a good Embiid. season but yeah yes Joel i don't Embiid. know um that was yeah arguably a bad pick but <laughs> yeah he's a ball handling guard and he was like given well, actually no that was on a bad that was team. malcolm brogdon who won it over joel Embiid. oh yeah yeah yeah. michael carter williams was on the sixers but yeah no i i get what you're saying and i think we're in agreement on that um but yeah if you guys haven't checked out this article on our Substack, definitely check it out it's it's pretty long probably our longest article but we had some fun going over it and and towards the end of the article we we dive more into warriors base predictions like they're over under um you know maybe some surprises from this season from players um where they'll end up steph curry's stats and stuff like that so yeah if you haven't checked yeah. it out check it out that was a good one we should definitely do this one next year too for sure for sure 
Cool. Well, you know, while we were working on that, the Warriors were playing preseason games undefeated since the Warriors got Chris Paul, 4-0. But no, in all honesty, I think the Warriors have looked as good as they can um, out the gate in the four games. We played the, the Lakers twice and the Kings twice. We have one more regular season game on Friday. And then, like Thomas said, to start off Tuesday versus the Suns, the NBA season's already here. Um, we don't need to really touch into game-by-game detail. We talked on the top, you know, Steph Curry had a dirty game winner over Fox last night for the, the King, the, over the Kings. But kind of just wanted to touch on some, you know, observations from the first four games. Yeah, what are... What's we can maybe go back and forth. What's one thing you've kind of observed, whether it's a theme or a player, or how the team looks? Uh, what's something you've been seeing? Yeah. So I think the two best pickups of the off season were Chris Paul, obviously, and then Dario Saric, uh, and so far so good for both of them. I think Chris Paul fits in well. He is incredibly smart and is obviously a great team player. Um, and overall, I just think this fit will work. The downside is size, but the upside is incredible intelligence and passing and taking care of the ball. So those were things that were lacking on last year's team, and I think they plugged those holes well with Chris Paul, and, and it's going to work out. And then on Saric, um, he fits right in as well. He's a really great uh, dribble handoff guy at the top of the key. He has good touch and can knock down threes. He's like an upgrade on a belly type of player, except, um, I don't know. I think, I just think he's going to get a lot of minutes, honestly. He's a star player and a a good pairing with Chris Paul too, um, for like pick and roll and dribble handoff on the second unit. So I've been impressed with those guys. Yeah. I think that's a good call. That's probably the biggest observation to make. People were, I don't know. I was never super worried on the basketball fit with Chris Paul. I think, this is his 19th year in the NBA. He knows how to play basketball. He's been on different type of teams. I think the worry was the locker room and how he would feel about his minutes reduced, coming off the bench, that type of stuff. But, yeah, I've been pleasantly pleased with how he's played on the basketball court. He's, he's turned the ball over a little bit more than I thought, but it's the preseason. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The entire team has actually yeah. been turning the ball over. Last night like... was crazy. We had 20 turnovers, I think. We had more than that, and yeah, it was like I don't know. That's been a focus of that and defense has been a focus uh, in training camp for Steve Kerr and the coaching staff. Um, and so it was a little discouraging to see the Warriors revert back to some careless turnovers and stuff. But you know, like I said, yeah, like you said, it's the preseason. Yeah, so we're in agreement on Chris Paul, and, and same with Sarge. I think they he was probably their number one target in the uh, free agency, and yeah, we, like we saw that. Um, it took a while to get him, but he eventually came, and, and you see why. He just, he he's Steve Kerr's, like, wet dream of a backup <laughs> big who can stretch yes. the floor, you know, play serviceable defense, dribble, pass. He's a great passer. Um, and also so isn't, he he's not like a dunk on you type of finisher, but he he's crafty around the, uh, the rim. He's not like, you saw with yeah. maybe Omer and Caspi or Belly, like sometimes they were just smoke layups or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's not really doing that out there. So he's very important. Um, and then I think just to 
go to a different observation. <laughs> it's just funny. It's just something I've observed between the difference of Bob Myers and uh, Mike Dunleavy. And you can't, I don't know if it's truly just those two individuals, because obviously drafting the coach has influenced players. The owner, in this case, definitely has influence. But seems like this draft, they really wanted players who could play basketball where in the past they kind of drafted on talent and potential and length yeah. and you know upside but I've been really impressed by the two rookies um we saw last night Trace Jackson Davis held his own pretty solidly versus Sabonis who's an all-star in the NBA obviously you don't want to do that every night but he looked really good out there and then Pajemski didn't play last night but in the previous two uh, three games he's played he's looked really solid and we just haven't seen that with previous Warriors drafts picks like Ryan Rollins was never going to ever play on the NBA court last season ever ever and James Wiseman looked like he's played basketball for four months um, so it's just a huge difference in ideology I think for this That's draft true. I mean I was definitely impressed with um Jackson Davis last night I mean he was he's like a classic like backup center for the Warriors he's just unselfish he's pretty strong he plays defense and rebounds and he like runs the lane and and just kind of looked locked in and he was battling Sabonis it was really impressive um I agree on that one to me though Pajemski I'm still not impressed with I wasn't impressed with him in some really Wow. Yeah, no, summer league to was me, tough. We saw that it was in tough, person. But yes, and I don't think actually much has changed since then for me. I mean, so I get the what people are excited about. They're excited about his basketball IQ and passing, and just like being in the right place. All of that is good and important, and is you're right, something that the Warriors have not drafted for in recent years, like with Wiseman and Kaminga. Um, but I just when I watch him, he's still too small. He's still not quick at all. And I'm, I just don't think he can get his shot off. I don't think he'll be able to play all that much, to be honest. I think they, they whiffed on Pajemski. Um, really? That's kind of a hot yeah. take. Cause if you look around, I mean, I've been listening to like the Warriors plus minus podcast and light years and Warriors Twitter Everyone has been super high on Pajemski, like complaining that he might not get minutes this year. Um, and I, I'm, I'm with you, and like I can see both sides of the argument because obviously we were in summer league. We saw it in person. He's very small. He's a bad defender. Um, but he was also playing with the summer league team that was terrible. Whereas uh, two games ago, he was playing with you know. Kaminga and Moody and Wiggins and stuff and he he looked solid out there but I still understand your um you know your trepidation on him being able to contribute in the NBA he he's small not really a shot maker or a finisher um no I mean that's the thing it's like he's he his only possible position in the NBA is point guard yes full stop he's just that's all he'll be able to play because he's not athletic enough and not big enough to play the two so that already limits his upside in my view and then like i know it's just preseason and it's a small sample and i know it's just summer league too but 
he has not shot the ball well, and he has not had a good, he's not been efficient at all on offense. The reason, I think, is because he can't get, he can't create space against elite professional players. So he's unable to get a comfortable shot. He's unable to get uh, an easy bucket when he can't beat anyone off the dribble because they stay right in front of him. Um, so it's just like, I don't know, it's tough for me watching he's he's a rebound he's a rebounding guard he's in he's decent with the assists um and you know is smart but i just don't see it to be honest yeah. beyond that and it's tough too when the warriors had a decent pick like the 19th pick and you see keegan murray lighting us up last night and his brother who was also you know a multi-year college player was taken right after and same with um, Cam Whitmore on the Rockets, you know, who looks like he has an NBA body already. He's making crazy plays out there. I just think, yeah, I think the Warriors really got burned on like potential and you know long play. Like Cam Whitmore, I understand why they didn't take him because that was kind of that was the type of player that Wiseman and Kaminga were were just like super athletes, but still need to learn the game. But I agree. I mean neither of us were fans of that pick and i mean it's obviously too early to tell but he's not going to play this year um no I don't so i guess so. It, it's doesn't really matter well, but the, the only case for him playing is like in reality is that steve kirk clearly likes him he's yeah. talked him up a lot and i think the st- the coaching staff likes him he's poised he's a smart guy he's um i don't know that's clear when you hear him in his interviews like he's not afraid that's all a good sign. I just think his limitations are are limitations that can't be overcome um, with with his strengths, personally. But that's that's still to be determined. Well, I was going to ask you because I saw this question. Who do you think will play more this season, Trace Jackson Davis or Pajemski? Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, and it's interesting because, I mean, he was like the 58th pick and Pajemski was the 19th pick, but... I agree with you. Yep. I yeah, think. he's he's older. He it fills a position of need more, and um, I think he's just a better fit for like a role player off the bench. Like neither of them are going to get a lot of playing time, but I think Trace Jackson Davis will earn his way into some minor rotation minutes here and there. I just don't really see their uh, pathway for. Pajemski like ever getting in a game because obviously <laughs> Steph is going to play you know 38 minutes a night Chris Paul is going to play like 35 and then you also have Corey Joseph who he played last night for the first time and you could see why Steve Kerr wanted him he's not a flashy player but he can get the ball up the court without turning it over and isn't like a, a traffic cone as a defender which might not sound sexy but like that's that's um, a plus to have someone who can get the ball into yeah. your offense and not be horrible on defense. Yeah, I mean, Pajemski will play in games where those guys sit, and like, I'm not doubting that he's on the roster, um, and they want to see him in action. But I think he has he is basically Kioza for this year. I mean, a guy who won't turn the ball over, not super special in any other way and can eat minutes in the regular season when Chris Paul and Steph rest or if they're injured. 
hundred percent. Um, I mean, we've talked about the Warriors preseason now for almost 20 minutes, and we haven't even mentioned, which I think is the biggest storyline, is how Kaminga's looked in the first yeah. four games. I mean, he's leading the team in points. And Moody. And Moody, yeah. I, I think well, me and you are, are Moody fans. We've we've been known yeah. this. Um, but Kaminga's obviously leading the team in, in minutes in the preseason points. I think they've made it an emphasis to really get his confidence up before the season starts. Just... Kind of what are your what are your takeaways from what you've seen from Kaminga? Are you seeing like patterns of what he had last year with some mistakes, or are you seeing some growth? He definitely still makes mistakes because he's young and he didn't start playing basketball till he was like fourteen years old. So I don't really blame him for that. He has to play through that and learn. But he's smart. Uh, um, clearly, I mean, you pick up basketball when you're a teenager and make it to the NBA. Like you learn quickly. He, he clearly does. I think he has sort of been living up to the off-season hype that we like were doubting in some ways. Like we weren't sure if he was really going to do that. We chose him as our guy to uh, not exceed expectations this year. To yeah, I know like, that's what I was gonna say. And <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how that works out throughout the entire season. But um, they're giving him a lot of opportunities, and he looks like he has improved his offense you know they're giving him the ball in the post a lot more and he's looked really good there he's sharing the ball more he's actually improved his passing i think yeah i've I've seen him make some passes like out of the top of the key where i was like okay you've never done this before yeah he's seeing the game better and he's also shooting the three much better too which is massive for him getting consistent playing time this year if he can shoot at like 40% from three for the entire season. Sheesh, that's an all-star. 40%? (laughs) I mean, he's shooting 46% from three in the preseason. Yeah, no, he's been hitting. I don't know if that'll last, but like that's on six threes per game, and it's just four games, I know. But like he's talked about how he spent a lot of time trying to shoot more this offseason and build his confidence there so that when they leave him open like they did in the Lakers series, he doesn't hesitate doesn't overthink it he just steps in and knocks it down and it looks like based on this small sample size that that has translated into something into a real improvement if that's true that's massive he will get playing time yeah um, but you know it's yeah all the I, caveats with it's <clears throat> preseason and all that so i think you're spot on and we've we've touched on this before where kaminga's roadmap to minutes it's just so tough on the team because of Looney and Draymond that it's not really at the four, it's at the wing. And that shot is the determining factor if he's going to be like a 30-minute-per-game player or like a 16-minute-a-game player as like the backup four slash five. Um, but I think you're right. Yeah. He's Obviously, he scored a lot, so that's what everyone's looking at. They're like, damn, Kaminga's putting up monster numbers. But... It's really the can he rebound, and I think he's shown a better ability of that. Can he six per game? That's yeah. pretty good. I mean, last year Kerr was really mad at him for not rebounding. That's why they keep that Kerr sat him in the King series. I think hundred percent. And can you not just be a chucker? And then, like yep. you said, can you make defensive pay for leaving you alone? You can't have Looney, Draymond, and Kaminga out there. That's like nineteen fifty three basketball (laughs) they're gonna break the rim but 
Yeah, I think most Warriors pundits and fans agree that he's kind of like the ceiling razor player on this team. So I think that's why everyone's so invested to see how he's growing and, and what's going on with him. Because, I mean, if he can do those things, they just really don't have anyone else on the roster that's the type of player that he's like. You would hope Andrew Wiggins could get back to that, like, two-way rebounding force who can take people off the dribble and finish around the rim, but hasn't really been that since the finals at all. And I know he had a nightmare season last year, but he's not been looking too great in the preseason. Yeah, he's coasting right now. I'm not worried about Wiggins. Yeah. Um, I agree he hasn't looked great, but, I mean, I don't know. I'm not worried about No, Wiggins. benefit of the doubt. Um, kind of my last observation I wanted to go over before we get out of here was uh, just want to get your thoughts on, on Clay. How do you think his mm – -hmm. because we heard a lot of – you know, like the big storyline last year was that he didn't really prepare for the season and the off season last year. He didn't scrimmage, wasn't in shape. And then we hear all these good things this off season, like Clay's been in the gym running fives, looking good, but he's had a pretty disappointing off season. So, or a preseason. preseason. Yeah. So I don't know. What have you, what have you seen from him? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've seen the same thing. He looks a bit tired and slow and, um, shooting 29% from the field. <laughs> yeah um uh, like all that's true i'm not worried i'm not worried about clay thompson i like it i think i think clay will be fine like everyone gets excited in the preseason and we're even talking about it like like these minutes matter seriously i mean they don't for the guys that are established they do matter for guys like kuminga and trace jackson davis for getting them on the court putting them, you know, having Trace Jackson Davis guard Anthony Davis and Sabonis, that's important. Kaminga knocking down threes in professional players' faces, that's important. Yeah. Clay missing some shots and not looking like he's giving full effort, not important. And same with Wiggins. That's yeah. just my take on on the preseason and what's going on here. Well, that's a good, like, rational take of it. Uh, you don't hear that much rational takes. Um around the nba where <laughs> one one thing i'll say on you know some other negatives that i wanted to call out like it's the end of the bench like who's getting this 14th spot i know that i know the, um like... the the assumption was it was going to be rudy gay because he's a vet he has been sought after from the warriors front office for a while we know steph curry likes him and this the like core likes him he still is probably the favorite to get the 14th spot but to me Rudy Gay looks washed. He looks out of place in Kerr's like offensive system. He doesn't really look like he knows what he's doing. And I think like Jerome Robinson, who's on a two way, has looked better than him, even though he hasn't been that good. Yeah. Um, like I don't know. Like I don't know. Maybe they fill it with. Um, maybe they fill it with Rudy Gay, but I just am not sure um, that he's going to contribute at all. It's interesting, like, wouldn't you want to use the preseason to, like, determine that? As what I thought. I thought that, like, Garuba or Rudy yeah. Gay or um, uh, who's that dude that Draymond hates that's on the team? Uh, oh, Magruder? Yeah, like, well, I understand he got a concussion, so he hasn't played, but how? It, I guess they're in the practices and they're watching them scrimmage and stuff, so they, they probably know, but... I agree. It's weird that they haven't really played at all. Um, 
One, I'm like Garuba. I don't know. Not much playing time is surprising, and yeah. it just doesn't appear like he's going to break the rotation this year. Like, I think I was assuming Garuba was actually going to get minutes, and they were going to give him that like kind of Anthony Lamb um, position where he is a role player on a two way and has a chance to earn the full contract and be the fifteenth guy. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is playing more than him and looks like he's pretty solid. So I kind of think that's that Garuba is losing that spot as sort of the backup backup. Yeah. Man. I, we were, we were both in agreement that we thought he would be maybe able to get some time, but yeah. So do you know if the like NBA teams have to have 14 spots before the season starts? Uh, I don't think they have to. Okay, so I mean, but you can't like, because I think Rudy I Gay the was minimum a minimum was twelve, right? I don't really know, but I know it that Rudy Gay like was that. a camp invite, and same with Magruder. So I think they have to like decide on those players um, before the season yes. starts. Like you can't just. I guess they could sign them to like, not partially guaranteed. Uh, yeah, but I agree. I, I think that's that's an interesting take. He does look washed, but. It's so washed. What do you want with that last spot? Do you want like a, you know, Patrick Baldwin Jr. or Ryan Rollins who's going to like be depressed that they're not playing in the NBA? Or do you want like no, a 18 year vet who's fine with just collecting a check and being a good locker room guy? And, you know, if you had to put him out there, he's not going to like deer in the headlights, um, even though he might be washed. So I, I think that's something interesting yeah. to watch. Oh, I definitely prefer Rudy Gay to Ryan Rollins, but <laughs> I just think it's like, hey, maybe actually there are other NBA players that are better right yeah. now and could actually be important down the road. Plus, you said last spot. It's not even the last spot. This is the 14th spot. The Warriors yeah. are, they they duck the luxury tax. Well, they're not ducking the luxury tax. They're in the luxury tax, but they are avoiding too many tax too high of a tax payment by not filling the 15th spot this is a money decision by them but as a fan i don't give a shit i like wish they had they fill that 15th spot yeah the player who's impressive like that's the whole point of building a roster uh i know that they have money concerns and that's the practical thing but like i wish that it wasn't rudy gay and i wish that they replaced him with two guys that can actually fill out the back end that's yeah. just me. Yeah, like in an ideal world, you'd probably want another, like, actual true big man. Like, that's why fans were excited about Dwight Howard, because it's like, oh, we could just have Dwight Howard who we could, you know, pull in if we need to. And you know he can give, like, Jokic some hard fouls and rebound and play some minutes. And then, like I said, we probably were maybe, like, a true small forward short on this roster. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be beneficial as well but i mean i guess we'll see they, they probably know better than you and i i think but like how no, could you even sign no way <laughs> how could you even sign rodney magruder to the team like for the year he hasn't played he hasn't played yeah, yeah i know it's... well i think didn't he have a concussion or something this was an injury yeah it was an injury but i mean we've seen yeah, it happen before with, for him like in the preseason in training camp gary payton got hurt um and they still signed him anyways over Avery Bradley. And that was like kind of controversial at the time, but turned out to be like 
maybe a championship saving move. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 I trust Steve Kerr and I trust them, but it, it's just really interesting. I agree. They're, they're 13, I mean, 14, 15 looks kind of trash and washed. Yeah. Who knows in, in practice, like how Magruder has looked and what their thoughts are on him. Like I wouldn't like based on what we've seen from these other guys, I wouldn't be surprised if Magruder got that 14th roster spot. Yeah. Like who knows the, he might be impressing them behind the scenes and, uh like maybe there's a reason rudy gay has only played like eight minutes a game in two games or whatever it is yeah it's like two thoughts schools of thought it's like oh he's already got the spot wrapped up like doesn't need to play him or he's like shitty and they don't need to play him and they're not it's like either way i feel like you'd want to know but i don't know yeah Yeah, it's it's been a pretty fun preseason though i mean it's exciting to see kaminga and moody and all the new players fitting in uh got it one last game on friday and then you know wheels up regular Do season we have a game on friday yeah oh, yeah against the spurs yeah, yeah yeah a little wemby action hopefully he plays yeah that'd be fun to watch <laughs> i bet he will <laughs> he's been crazy to watch but um yeah. yeah i mean regular season is just around the corner we're gonna for sure be locked into podcasting probably after every couple of games or so for the whole regular season and then we'll have articles coming out here and there so stay tuned anything else you want to you want to touch on no we'll be back um we'll be back soon stoked for the regular season to start uh definitely check out our Substack article um and if you haven't signed up for our Substack, put your email in there you can get our podcasts and our articles just in your inbox whenever we drop them um and yeah we'll see you next time